Thank God today, and this is Pastor Adams, President and Founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta. Thank God today for another day that he's made. The Bible tells us that we should rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm rejoicing, and I really take serious the very important charge of being host and attendance of this very vital ministry of contending for the faith that once and for all has been delivered unto the saints according to Jude 3. And we'd like you to visit our website, which is truthmattersmost.org. And if you'd like to contact us with questions or prayer requests, or if you would just like to make comments, you can reach us on our email, which is truthmatters at truthmattersmost.org. And today we're just so thankful for all things. And as our custom is, before we get into our teaching for today, we want to pause and pray. Now, Father, we thank you for a day we haven't seen before. We give your name praise because we know that you're good. You're righteous altogether. Your judgments are excellent, God. And we just stand, Lord God, as your dear children. We stand in expectancy. We have a hope. We have a blessed assurance that you will deliver and perform everything that you promise. You said in your word, there is not failed one of all the precious promises that you've promised unto your people, Israel. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are a God that you cannot lie. Lord, our lives are hidden in Christ. Our lives are established upon a rock, which is Jesus Christ. And we'll find stability. We'll find security. And Lord God, we know that we'll find salvation in your word. You bless someone today. Let them come out of darkness. Let them walk out of darkness. Let them be enlightened in your word that they might, Lord God, see how to order them steps through the Holy Ghost. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And today we're going to be delving into a topic that many people sometimes don't want to really delve into. And I believe this is something that the church needs to be aware aware of because we are engaged in spiritual warfare and it's entitled the occult. And today we at Truth Matters, we're going to provide a brief overview of the occult, which is defined as supernatural, mystical, or magical beliefs or practices or phenomena. It's also can be encased within a secret society, a study of alchemy and the paranormal, and even in the area of black magic. And the study today is going to be on what is called hidden knowledge. Now listen to me. Knowledge that has been kept from the wider population falls within the category of occultic knowledge. It's offered only to those who are initiates after they've properly been prepared for occultic knowledge. Reasons for this commonly include the belief that such knowledge is dangerous to the unprepared person or the novice, and that revealing sacred occultic knowledge to the common populace profanes that knowledge. Isn't that amazing? Occultism is often considered synonymous with esoteric and mystical phenomena. See, there's no single overreaching definition of the Western culture tradition. Rather, it is composed of a wide variety of different paths and practices such as the uh, hermetism or the Kabbalah or astrology or numerology. Now, your assignment during this podcast is to take notes and study the terms and categories that we present today because it's going to help you in your spiritual effectiveness. We're going to discover a few occult organizations. There are a wide variety of occultic organizations which are acutely occult in their focus and commonly describe themselves as occult or esoteric or both. I want to list some of them well-known organizations. Please take note of these. One is called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. 
The other one is called the Rosicrucians, Order of the Rose Cross. Then there's the Society of the Interlight. And then there are the servants of the light. And then finally, a very prominent one is called the Theosophical Society, which falls within the category of occultic organizations. Examples of occult practices include astrology. Isn't it strange that so many people today, they wake up and they go like, hey, what's your sign? And I gotta read my astrology chart. I gotta find out what I'm supposed to do. I gotta order my, my steps based upon what's written in the stars. Another one is called witchcraft or Wicca. Another occultic practice is yoga, the black arts, the practice of fortune telling and magic and black and white magic. Another category or device or medium for the occult is what's called Ouija boards. Another is tarot cards. And then other practices called spiritism or parapsychology. And then just plain fat Satanism. See, human beings have always been interested in the occult from ancient times, even until today. Occult practices and psychic phenomena have captivated millions of people worldwide. And this is not limited to the ignorant or the uneducated. There are several factors that make the occult fascinating to everyone. Even in our age of technological and scientific advances, people still are fascinated by the occult. We love reading our astrological charts, don't we? In fact, we like going to church and getting a so-called word from a false prophet or prophetess. Mm -hmm, yeah, that's right. We love calling the psychic hotline and getting our palms read and eating at a Chinese restaurant so we can read the fortune cookie. Oh, yeah, I know you. You want to say, oh, boy, my fortune cookie said this. And boy, I, I have a new expectation. I have a new hope because of what I just read in the fortune cookie. Now, for one thing, occult practices appeal to our natural curiosity. Many people who get involved in occult, they begin with just a harmless practice such as playing with a Ouija board out of a simple curiosity. I want to see if it's really real. I want to just experiment with it. Many who have experimented this way have found themselves going deeper and deeper into the dark cavern of the occult. Unfortunately, this type of involvement is akin to getting caught in quicksand. You know what? It's easy to get into it, but it's so hard and difficult to get out of it. How can I forget Karen? She was a friend that I met while stationed in Nuremberg, Germany years ago. She was aggressively possessed by the devil. That's right. She was possessed by the devil. I didn't know it at the time when I first met her. She was 23 years old and one evening while telling me about her field trip into the city of Nuremberg, she pulled out her art book and she pointed out some of the art that she saw in all the different churches or churches in the Nuremberg city that day. There was a painting that she highlighted of a demon with a pitchfork stabbing a priest. She said, this is my favorite picture. Hmm. I was startled and I asked, why is that your favorite picture? And she said, I like what it represents. I got chills when she said that. And, and, and when she said that the doors up on the four floor day room where we were, they started to rattle and then they began to open and close. Just like that, on their own. And Karen soon manifested facial contortions, along with her eyes started rolling back in her head. And she started speaking in a masculine, garbled voice when the demon overtook her. That's what I saw. That's what I experienced. And I was scared and I started heading downstairs with the quickness to get back downstairs to my room. 
then she followed me to my room and she came into the room and she sat on my couch and then that demon reappeared and he began to speak and he said he was going to kill her and that he owned her and the demon caused her eyes to roll back again and she would talk in, in, in her voice naturally again and when she starts speaking in her voice she was panicked she says do you see what he makes me say can you help me and then he he would take over her again and then he would begin to hiss and he would growl and then he would blaspheme the name of jesus christ i then quickly took her to the chapel across the football field from the barracks and when she entered the door of that chapel she took off and she sprinted from the door all the way to the front altar and she crashed down so hard like someone had shot her in the back with a sniper rifle and as she was laying face down on that altar she was screaming no 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 and then she whispered when i got up to her she said look at this spider and i nervously walked near her and shockingly there was a manifestation of a huge out of this world black spider standing by her like it was a trained pit bulldog i was terrified and i tried to stomp it but she screamed leave him alone and she physically grabbed my leg protecting it from me killing it and that devil spoke out of her and said that the name of jesus christ and the sign of the cross were stupid and dumb. She wore the popular large lens glasses back in that day, and those big giant lenses would fog up and they would run down with water streaks like she was in a steam room. And when that happened, she was panicked and she said, Brother Adams, am I possessed? I'm possessed, aren't I? And I said, Jesus is still king on the throne. And I left the chapel and headed back to the barracks to get some help because I was scared. I had the charge of quarters, which was my roommate, Sergeant Carr, called Deacon Lewis, who lived off post, but he lived close to the concern, to tell him to come over to the barracks because I was having an emergency. He arrived about 30 minutes later, and without telling him anything, he came to the room, and he just started praying for Karen. And when he prayed for her, she fell on her knees by the bunk bed, and the spirit was gone. In an instant, her whole face turned and changed back to her normal face. And she got up and she smiled and said, Hello, Deacon Lewis. Hey, Brother Adams. She looked at her watch and said, Oh, my goodness, it's late. I need to get back to the barracks and go to bed. And she left the room. Man, I was so fearful. I avoided Karen for days. We would sometimes eat in the mess hall together. And she saw me in the mess hall one day that week, but I ne but she never remembered or she never mentioned anything about that night. She had no recollection. And I began to ask her where she was from and she revealed that she was from Pueblo, Colorado. And I questioned her activities that may have contributed to her demonic influence. And she told me when growing up, she often played with Ouija boards. And I said, check mark. And as she participated in seances, I said, check mark. And after listening to this podcast, you must understand that these mediums will destroy your life. And they will provide an entrance for malignant demons to enter your dimension and start controlling your world. I'm telling you what I know. See, there's a saying, don't let the devil ride because he'll want to drive. And just as the swine 
that Jesus cast into that that the demons that were cast into the swine by Jesus Christ they will drive you off the cliff see another fascination of the occult is that it appears to offer a quick and easy answers to life questions see the astrologer gladly charts your future the Ouija board and tarot cards and the use of the pentagram which introduces demons into our dimension a spiritual medium will give you direction and the psychic gets you in touch with your old dead aunt Esther who tells you all is fine in the afterlife. You see, occult practices are controlled by demons and devils who offer just enough information to keep their victims intrigued while exerting more and more control over gullible hearts and minds. There is a saying, the devil will tell an ocean of truth to hide a pint of poison and that pint of poison will kill you dead. Recently, famous performer Little Nas X. He produced a video called Call Me By Your Name. I wouldn't recommend that anyone watch this video because there's nothing edifying about it. But the video depicts him as a homosexual in his homosexual freedom and glory being tempted of the devil in the garden. And while he's being tempted by the serpent and the devil in the garden, then he begins to kiss and lick the serpent in a homosexual foreplay demonstration. And then after that, he's up and up with God and then he's cast out of heaven. And when he's cast out of heaven for his lifestyle, he's riding down from heaven on a stripper pole that runs from heaven. And then he's riding the stripper pole all the way down to hell. And when he arrives in hell, he sits on Satan's lap. And he doesn't just sit there for support, but he gives Satan a lap dance and he humps on Satan. And then he turns to Satan in the doggy style and Satan and he and Satan have homosexual sex in his anus. See, little Nas X glorifies the devil. And while he glorifies the devil in his lifestyle, he went out and negotiated a contract. And in that contract, he actually designed some Nike shoes for distribution. They were called Nike Air Max 97s. They're also known as Satan shoes. In those Satan shoes, they sell over $1,000 a pair. And in keeping with his love and admiration for Satan, little Nas X, he had the 666 listed on his shoes. And he had 606, 666 pair of them made and he to commemorate the mark of the beast. In those 666 shoes, they sold out in one minute in America. Did you hear me? 666 people paid over $1,000 for some satanic shoes. The shoes are black with a satanic pentagram on the front tongue of the shoes. They have a scripture inscribed on the side of the shoes, which is Luke 10 and 18. What does Luke 10 and 18 say? It says, and I saw Satan fall from heaven as lightning and the shoes have the number 666 engraved on the back of the shoes and the soles of the shoes are clear and there's liquid floating in the soles of the clear shoe of the, the, the clear soles of the shoes and you know what that liquid is it's red human blood hear me today 
little Nas X currently have 73 million followers on social media. And guess what? Some of them are your cousins, your nephews, and God help us today. Some of them are your children. One of one of his followers was a 14-year-old follower who had been apprehensive about his homosexual and spiritual expressions. But now he's thankful. And he reached out to little Nas to thank him for how he motivated him in his sexual and spiritual pursuits. Now, if we as members of the body of Christ aren't alarmed and dressed in our spiritual war clothes, we sure better be. The devil is out to kill our children's future. The devil is out to destroy the foundations of the gospel of salvation that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died and bled for. We need to stop the insanity of playing church and living in our religious formalities and all of our rituals. Don't you know today that we are at war? You see, the danger of the occult practices cannot be overstated. God strictly warned the Israelites against all of these practices that were involved in the occult. Read Leviticus 20 and 6. The pagan nations that surrounded Israel were steeped in divination, sorcery, witchcraft, and spiritism. And this is one reason why God gave his people the authority to drive them out of the land. Deuteronomy 18, 9 and 14. See, the New Testament says that the rise of the interest of the occult is a sign of the end of the age. See, the Holy Ghost, it clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith. And what are they going to do? They're going to follow deceiving demons and spirits and things that are taught by devils, according to 1 Timothy 4 and 1. How are we to recognize the occult and those who promote it? An incident involving Paul and Barnabas in the early days of the church is a real good place to start, I say. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Papas. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the what they call the Proconsul, the Sergius Paulus. The Proconsul is an intelligent man sent for Barnabas and Saul, and because he wanted to hear the word of God, but Elymas, who was also a sorcerer, for that was his name, that's what his name means, he opposed them and tried to turn the Proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was called Paul, full of the Holy Ghost, he looked straight at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? This is found in Acts 13, the sixth chapter, the sixth verse. And in this account, we see several characteristics of those involved in the occult. They are false prophets, according to verse 6. They deny the basic doctrines of Christianity, the deity of Christ, the fall of man, the fall of, of man into sin. They deny the doctrines of heaven and hell and salvation and the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And second, they seek to influence other people, particularly those of, in positions of power, to turn them from the faith. Third, they do everything in their power to keep the true gospel of Jesus Christ from being spread, opposing his ministers at every turn. When the truth of the gospel is curtailed, or if it's watered down, if it's compromised or flatly rejected, Satan and his demons, they start having their party. 
See, there's no mistaking the fact that the occult in all its forms should be avoided. We are to be self-controlled and alert because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, according to 1 Peter 5 and 8. Part of being self-controlled and alert is being wise to Satan's schemes and tactics, but not to delve into the details of every occult practice and phenomena. You can take a picture of a volcano while it's erupting, but you don't need to get too close. You don't have to jump in the volcano to study it. We as believers don't have to smoke crack to determine if it's addictive. We don't have to enter the doors of the occult to discern and understand its, its lethality. We know it's lethal. We are to understand the devil's ultimate goal, the destruction of our souls, and take the offense by putting on the full armor of God, according to Ephesians 6. Only then can we stand firm and, and extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. See, America has distributed and introduced a false prophetic spiritist brand of Christianity to the world, which is really an epidemic now in Africa. There are acute demonic and parapsychology inquiries of manifestations of supernatural demonstrations in the church service, especially in Africa. God's supernatural manifestations are rare in this era. Say that again, Pastor Adams. Godly supernatural manifestations are rare in this era. Why? Because the last prolific era ended during the establishment of the word through the first century apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. It's so important for you to understand that. They told us that in the last days there will be false prophets, signs and supernatural manifestations. It didn't say so much that there would be real prophets or prophetic signs prolifically in the last day, but the Bible says there will be false prophets, signs and supernatural manifestations in the last day. Much of what we see and the majority of what we see are false manifestations by people who are claiming to be prophets of God, self-promoted leaders like greedy dogs and their quest for notoriety and esteem introduce counterfeit spirits stage miracles. I'm so tired of them. I'm sick of the counterfeit dis demonstrations that we see in the church today. It's just like watching the WWE wrestling. It's just like watching a fake demonstration of choreographed artistry in the ring and people go there thinking that it's a real fight. It's fake! And so much of what we see today is fake deceptive doctrines in the church of God. Many are mimicking soothsayers and prophetic utterances to gain acclaim and followers. This is exactly what happened during the Azusa Street event in 1906 in Los Angeles, California. You know what you need to do? Go out and research it for yourself because truth matters today. Men who deny the essential doctrine of the Trinity and orthodox tenets of the Bible dispensed a form of Christianity foreign to what is taught in Scripture. This is the new normal for much of the church today. What is that? A blend of Christian terminology and structure mixed with distorted and counterfeit gifts and demonstrations powered by doctrines of demons. See, the occult is not just black robed devotees meeting in a secret place, chanting and practicing demonic rituals. The cult is dressed up in suits, designer dresses. They go by names such as apostle, prophet, prophetess, evangelist, 
overseer, bishop, and pastor nowadays. That's right. We in the body of Christ must be fruit inspectors. We must be as the Bereans and go to the word and see if their doctrine is correct. That's the only way. The Bible says that we should test everything in Thessalonians and only hold on to that which is real, genuine, and bona fide. We must test everything. We must discard that which is not in alignment with Scripture. Hear me today. You can't have orthopraxy without orthodoxy. In other words, you can never live the Christian life correctly unless you are taught and you exercise Christian doctrine properly. We must study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly fitting together the teachings of Scripture so that we can know the difference between wheat and chaff. The occult is real today. The devil is raging war against the saints today. Demonic practices and influences are camouflaged in so many different genres. We must be on guard. We have must have spiritual discernment and we must be vigilant. But most of all, we have to be prepared to defend the gospel against the onslaught of the occult. Now, this is the truth about the occult today. God bless you and you pray for us in Jesus name. Amen.